follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome. You've entered the realm of 1111 Talk Radio. Your host is Simran Singh. It's time to discover your own language with the universe. Learn to empower yourself, broaden your mind, open your heart, and discover who you are. Now, here's your host, Simran Singh. In the busyness of society, it is hard to find sometimes the time just to get still, just to get quiet, just to have a moment where you close your eyes and you breathe, where you connect with your body, connect with the meanderings of your heart, allow yourself to fall into the nothingness and the everythingness that exists. And sometimes because it is preconceived as to how that has to look or what it has to be or what has to come out of it, we create a lot of blocks in terms of how to achieve that state. My guest today, Tobin Blake, who is also the author of The Power of Stillness, has come out with a book entitled Everyday Meditation. And it's 100 daily meditations uh, that do support health, stress release, and everyday joy. But more so, it is a wonderful book that allows people to understand that we can make our mind our ally and that we can undo the restlessness and the anxiety while we build spiritual relationships, heal our body, overcome depression and anxiety, and find ways to find balance, meaning, and life purpose. Tobin Blake is the author of The Power of Stillness. He teaches meditation and spiritual awakening and has been featured at Unity Centers and on radio and television. And I'm excited to have this conversation because I think now more than ever, with everything going on in the world, with the additional stresses that we have, with everyone wanting to attain awakening or whatever vibration they need to have in 2012 before we move into the golden age, it is time to develop a practice that is simple and that is easy and that allows us to move exactly where we need to be while we really support ourselves. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome Tobin Blake to 1111 Talk Radio. Welcome, Tobin. Namaste. Thank you for having me. Well, I'm really proud to have you here, and I'm excited to have this conversation because I think a lot of people have misconceptions as to what meditation is and also create their own obstacles in terms of achieving the benefits of it. Can you speak to... Uh, first of all, what the, the basis of meditation is and then what some of the obstacles are that we create that, that keep us from it. Well, you said it right. Uh, people have all kinds of misconceptions about meditation. Um, they look at it as strictly an Eastern spiritual practice 
or um, something they just really have, they don't understand at all um, in terms of uh, the logistics of it. Um, a lot of people have misconceptions about what they need to do with their thoughts. Some, some people believe that they just must stop thinking entirely, you know, and, and really stopping the internal dialogue is not um, a reasonable goal for meditation. So uh, what I teach is redirecting the internal dialogue. So let's just begin with the, the basics. Meditation is really about creating a quiet space in your life amidst the ordinary busyness of life, right? So um, what I typically recommend when somebody's beginning a meditation program is just to set aside a few minutes. It doesn't have to be very long. It could be as little as three minutes. I like as Deepak Chopra um, says, is if you have time to brush your teeth in the morning, you have time to meditate. And, uh, you know, that's a great, great place to start, I think. But, you know, if, you, if you're doing it even just a little bit longer, five, ten minutes, that's a great way to begin meditation. And all you do is you set aside just that little nugget of time, and you find a quiet space where you can be alone for just a little bit and where you feel safe and secure. And it doesn't have to be perfect. You know, if the kids are out in the yard playing or in their next, somebody's making noise in the next room, you know, all that just becomes a part of the meditation. But the idea is to begin intentionally relaxing closing your eyes, quieting down, and just turning your attention from the world outside of you and around you to the world within you, um, and from a state of activity to a state of rest, a state of relaxation, and a state of stillness. And it may sound very simple, but profound things ha happen during the practice of meditation, because what happens is this. As we quiet down and we begin to go within, we discover that our soul, our own, our own spirit, has been a part of us for our entire lifetimes, and yet we felt disconnected from it. So meditation is really the part, the practice of quieting down enough to reconnect with your own soul. And that's now, Tobin, powerful. before you go any further, um, I want to go back to something that you said that was really quite important because so often people want to perfect what that uh, is going to look like. And so they, they have to have their space and they have to have their quiet and they have to have their candle and they have to have this, that, and the other in place before they really feel like their meditation can take place. And you've just said that it's okay to have the kids in the background playing. It's okay to have some of that other stuff that is going on. It's, it's okay that life continues when we have to meditate and that it becomes a part of the meditation. Go a little deeper into that so that people can kind of get more comfortable without thinking that it has to be perfect. Okay. You know, um, one, way, one way that... Uh, uh, to, to deal with outside distractions when you're meditating is to just more or less make those uh, a part of the meditation. So, for instance, when we're meditating, one of the things that we focus on is not dwelling on any particular thought, for instance. Thoughts rise during meditation that have nothing to do with the meditation itself. They're typically something that has to do with the past or the future, grievances, um, uncertainties, you know, all these sorts of thoughts come in to our minds when we're meditating. So during meditation, you're trying not to get caught up in the ordinary thought processes. So you let a thought rise. In your mind, say, uh, a simple thought, um, maybe you wonder what you're going to make for dinner, for instance. But instead of really getting involved with that and thinking, well, I need to make this or I can make that. Um, do I have this ingredient? Do I need to go to the supermarket, et cetera, et cetera? You simply acknowledge that thought. 
And then you just allow it to dissipate and go, and you just continue with your meditation. And this way, meditation becomes a flow. So um, when things come up that are uh, actual physical distractions, such as people making noise outside of your window while you're trying to meditate, for me, that becomes a part of that flow. Just as my thoughts come and go, I let those sounds come and go. Um, and I let sensations in my physical body, instead of becoming a distraction, I just let them come and I let them go. You know, so meditation is really very much a flow, and that flow is all about being in the present moment and not... Um, allowing your mind to become engaged with uh, anything in the past or any projections into the future, if that makes sense. Now, when we're creating that whole uh, practice of meditation and the space in which we're going to meditate, sometimes it's not the outside things that keep us from, from having our meditation practice, but it's our own internal dialogue or belief as to what is supposed to occur with meditation. Is, is something supposed to occur? Are we supposed to wait for something? How do, how do people get past waiting for that big event or that mystic encounter or that voice or that image, that expectation of what meditation has been told is supposed to bring? Well, you know, first of all, we, we should clarify here that our ego thoughts, you know, the ego mind is extremely complicated. So it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to constantly be trying to define things, to understand things in a linear manner, um, trying to understand things intellectually. What should I expect? What should I be feeling? Uh, et cetera, et cetera. Really, what we're, what we're attempting to do when we meditate is just take a step back from all that and just focus on simple quietness, not worrying about what you should be feeling, what you should be thinking, what you should be experiencing, but just being simply, quietly present in the here and now with yourself and with your practice. Um, so simplicity, for me, is the key to meditation. And if you're just beginning, one of the easiest ways to get started with meditation is just to focus on simple relaxation. Start by relaxing your body. Uh, relax each individual part of your body. Close your eyes, quiet down a little bit, and then you know, focus on relaxing your feet and then your legs and then your torso, your upper body, um, arms and fingertips and everything. Relax, relax, relax. And then once your body is relaxed, your thoughts have already started to relax as well because body and mind are linked together, absolutely an intimate sort of relationship there. Um, so as your mind begins to quiet, that is the time to just begin a very simple meditative focus. Um, and I teach the simplest meditations because I believe that um, it's the experience we're after and not the techniques that matter so much. So um, after the body is relaxed, I suggest that uh, a student begin using a simple meditative technique that brings relaxation to the mind. For instance, the, for instance, the repetition of the mantra piece or joy, or light during every exhalation makes a great meditation. Just focusing on that simple word and simple relaxation. And you don't need to worry about anything else, think about anything else, expect anything else. As you progress, as you become more comfortable with opening to the meditative experience, you won't need any kind of linear or logical explanation for, to satisfy your ego. You'll realize that meditation is letting go of ego and re-emerging into the, the uh, vast world of spirit, which is still within us. It's always been there. We've never been disconnected from it, but we feel disconnected from it when we're focusing on everything outside and around us and on our own ego thoughts. 
Everyday Meditation, 100 Daily Meditations for Health, Stress Relief, and Everyday Joy offers the guidance, encouragement, and structure both beginning and advanced meditation students need to either start a new practice or take an existing one to the next level. It does far more than just introduce the practice of meditation on a theoretical level. It is designed to get meditators from the get-go so that they can experience its joy firsthand. You can find out more about Tobin Blake and Everyday Meditation at TobinBlake.com, and you can also find out about the workshops, events, and other books, such as The Power of Stillness that Tobin Blake has authored as well. Connect to Tobin at TobinBlake.com. We'll be right back. Visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today, www.1111mag.com. 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Every life on Earth has the capability of knowing the world in a much more powerful way than what we've settled for. And Gaiam TV is there to support your journey in knowledge, awareness, and awakening. Our vision is to raise global consciousness by bringing viewers original interviews, inspiring films, and engaging series on today's most sought-after topics. We invite you to try Gaiam TV free for 10 days. Visit www.gaiamtv.com to claim your free trial. You won't look at your life and your world the same way again. That's G-A-I-A-M TV dot com. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you'd like to join today's discussion, please call in toll free at 1-866-472-5795. Again, 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to info at believesc.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simran Singh. Millions have heard that meditation is the very best natural medicine for lowering stress and increasing well-being. It has no negative side effects, is free, and requires only a few minutes a day to receive extraordinary benefits. Yet in our society, that emphasis emphasizes busyness, competition, and external gratification. Most people still find meditation to be foreign to their experience and have no idea how to begin or how to stick with it if they do. 
Everyday Meditation, 100 Daily Meditations for Health, Stress Relief, and Everyday Joy. And its author, Tobin Blake, offer that unique guidance and encouragement along with the structure that both beginning and advanced meditation students need. In this way, you can start a new practice or take an existing one to a new level. And this book is definitely the guide to help create that that habit and practice that you need. Welcome back, Tobin. I want to talk about that word practice and why is it so necessary to have that practice and have it be consistent and what are we really doing in terms of our uh, body, our, our mind, our heart, the connection with spirit? What are we doing by allowing it to be a daily practice? Oh, sure. Um, you know, practice is the number one most important thing with meditation, doing it on a fairly regular basis um, is critical. Um, when I first started meditating, I, I believe I just I, I read a book. That was the very first experience, my very first exposure to formal meditation was reading a book about it. And I read through the book, and the book was, was well-written and interesting. And, um, you know, it gave me a couple meditative uh, practices um, while I was reading it. And then after I was done reading the book, I was pretty much just forced to try to implement this practice all, all on my own and try to get into it regularly on my own. And it just didn't work out very well in that respect. So as a result, I had some understanding about what meditation was, you know, or what the practice was like and what the techniques were, but I had very little experience with meditation. And it's kind of like comparing, um, let's like to, to exercise. We compare meditation to exercise. Um, if you were to want to get back into shape, say after some years and, um, you, you picked up a book on fitness and exercise and you read through the book and you said, well, that was delightful. And, uh, now I have all this information about exercise. And then you, you failed to go out and implement it and go out and actually exercise. Well, you can see you're not going to get into very good shape, so you're not going to ultimately be meeting your goal. Um, just as with exercise, um, you can't study meditation on a theoretical level and expect to get anything from it other than just basic intellectual knowledge. Um, so people need to practice. You need to practice. And the more regular your practice, the better. Because what happens is when you're practicing every day, and once again, it doesn't matter if it's just for three minutes, five minutes, ten minutes, um, you know, whatever, whatever time, amount of time you have to begin your meditative uh, practice, it doesn't matter if it's just a little while. What happens is you begin to build a rhythm, and as that rhythm uh, increases, there's a certain momentum that begins gaining steam, and your meditations begin to deepen, and you get more from them. And, you know, speaking of which, it's interesting that I just mentioned exercise and compared that to meditation. Really, when we're, when we're talking about uh, meditating regularly, we're getting a lot of the same health benefits that you get from exercise as well. So meditation is like exercise in more than just one simple way. Uh, we see reductions in the rates of heart disease, the rates of cancer, stroke, uh, rheumatoid arthritis, in fact, um, chronic pain is a big thing with meditation. Chronic pain tends to be alleviated in a way it's been found uh, through, through a number of studies that is more significant based on uh, the perception of the patient than even 
most pain relievers. So I think the perception of pain relief when people are taking Advil, Tylenol, that sort of thing, over-the-counter medications is somewhere around a 25% reduction in their reported pain. In other words, the way they're perceiving the pain. But with meditation, it tends to be more like 50%. So it's quite an incredible thing. Chronic pain, um, you know, uh, and there are other things as well. These are just the physical effects of meditative practice. But there are also emotional effects. And, um, for instance, we know that people who meditate experience much, much less depression. They experience much less anxiety. And they also report uh, more creativity and more um, uh, happier relationships, let's say. There's more, more satisfaction from their relationships. So we see an overall sort of systemic process, systemic process where uh, the mind and the body are both recovering and healing on many, many different levels. And while science hasn't quite figured out how this is happening, they know it happens, but they don't, they don't quite, quite know just how. It is occurring yet. Uh, for me, it's a real simple thing. If you just think about this, when you meditate, you're quieting down, you're relaxing the body, you're relaxing your thoughts, you're beginning to think quieter thoughts, you're perhaps using a mantra uh, that, that's a much quieter thought than just having um, your, your standard issue thoughts that's a com- commonly uh, engaged in anxiety and, and um, anger and these sorts of things. So what happens when your thoughts quiet down is your body quiets down as well. And when your body quiets down, it's not on the defensive. Your blood pressure is reduced. Your heart rate is reduced. Your immune system is, is um, in a holding pattern, you know, like a patrol pattern instead of being hyper-reactive, which most people don't realize their immune systems are overreactive. And that causes us to feel sick as well. So we're, we're really healing the body and the mind all at once on many different levels. So it's a simple thing. Quiet thoughts bring quietness to the body, which over time translates to better health. So, Tobin, how do we know or is there a specific shift when it occurs that it's meditation all of a sudden is no longer this intellectual practice or something that we're trying to do through the mind but drops down into becoming more of that heartfelt presence of being with oneself. Is, is that something that just naturally will happen after practicing quite a while, or is there something that we can do to literally start our practice from that place? Yeah, and this is where a lot of people get confused. Somebody, uh, you know, some, some people will go out and they will get exposed to techniques, you know, certain mantra breathing techniques, uh, visualization exercises, whatever it may be, and they'll focus almost entirely on just practicing. They'll just focus on repeating their mantra again and again and again. Um, and this is what a lot of meditation teachers have traditionally taught. Just practice, just practice, just practice. And indeed, practice is very important. But here's something else that, that happens. The main obstacle to meditation really exists at the level of thought. Um, so, you know, what happens is our thoughts are very disjunctive quite often. Our thoughts are uh, not pure, not quiet, not um, beneficent. You know, they're, they're, they tend to be a little bit more aggressive, a little bit more grievance-oriented, a little bit more guilt-oriented, uh, 
we get caught up in sadness and all these sorts of things. So what I teach students is the fastest way to progress during meditative practice is to begin reprogramming the inner dialogue. And what we want to do is reprogram that inner dialogue to reflect more peaceful thoughts, quieter thoughts, gentler thoughts. We're talking about thoughts that are compassion-based, forgiveness-based, um, and all these, these sorts of things. This is why Christ taught forgiveness when he was here uh, you know, 2,000 years ago. And this is why Buddha taught compassion when he was here 2,500 years ago. This is why all the great spiritual teachers have emphasized um, loving kindness, unconditional love, because this reprograms gradually our thought process to the point where we begin to feel our own sense of holiness. We begin to feel pure and quiet and at peace. And as that happens, our minds naturally quiet down. Fear goes. Fear starts to dissipate from us. And as fear dissipates from the mind, we naturally merge with our own spirit. That's how you get into deep meditation. And that's something that people can begin to do right away, and they can do it quite rapidly and make very, very rapid advance into the meditative experience. It doesn't take years to become a master of meditation. It takes willingness to quiet the thoughts, to be more peaceful, and to uh, uh, reprogram that system of thought to reflect less fear and more peace and harmony. Now, and you call that reprogramming the waterfall in the book, and in doing that, are you talking about being at least present enough when we begin the practice of meditation to notice some of those negative thoughts that we then do some additional internal work beyond the time of our meditation, or are you talking about doing this in the process as meditation as well? Well, ultimately, both. Ultimately, people um, use often use some some more pleasant thoughts during their meditative practice, uh, just, you know, a repetitive mantra or something like that, that's quieting and stealing. And so to some degree, techniques always do work when they're, when they're peace-based, peace-based techniques, if they're just designed to bring peace to your thoughts. But in the long, um, uh, in the grand scheme of things, what we need to do is begin to reprogram our thoughts, even during the day, even when we're interacting with other people. Um, and that's going to bring the ultimate uh, success to new students of meditation, reprogramming the thought system so all day long your mind is becoming more and more adjusted to quietness, to the present moment, and nonlinear projections. Most meditation teachings primarily provide students with techniques such as mantra, zazen, and visualization, while offering very little real help in overcoming the obstacles to deep meditative states. Everyday meditation is different in that it, while it does teach the ABCs and techniques of meditation, its primary focus is on following three key points, which are essential to developing a successful long-term practice. Daily practice is where Tobin explains that we do exactly and act, that we do actually have to meditate and, and do it regularly in order to benefit from it. And so he provides 100 days worth of original meditations designed to get you meditating regularly. The second step is uprooting the blocks. In order to achieve deep meditation, you have to uncover the things within you that interfere with your progress, and the exercises that Tobin offers are set up to help you get to the root cause beyond the resistance to meditation. The third step is reprogramming the waterfall, a constant waterfall of thoughts running in the background of your mind, forming an endless stream of words and images which never cease. 
And the meditations here that Tobin offers are designed to transform this often negative waterfall of thoughts into ones that are based on gentleness, loving kindness, and forgiveness. You can connect with Tobin Blake at TobinBlake.com. The book is entitled Everyday Meditation, 100 Daily Meditations for Health, Stress Release, and Everyday Joy. You can also see uh, Tobin at an event that is taking place August 23rd in Los Angeles. You can check out his website for that as well, TobinBlake.com. We'll be right back. Be the change. The 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. In these changing times, the journey toward global consciousness has never been more important. Gaia TV is the first online video library dedicated to support your journey toward global and personal discovery. Our viewers enjoy unlimited access to our vast selection of inspiring interviews, engaging films, and award-winning wellness videos. And we invite you to try it for free. Visit www.gaiamtv.com to start your free trial. The journey starts now. That's G-A-I-A-M-TV.com. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com. 1111 Magazine is a bi monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you'd like to join today's discussion, please call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5795. Again, 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to info at believesc.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simran Singh. Tobin Blake offers innovative ways to start meditating and to invigorate an existing practice. He begins with the basics, how to sit, how long to practice, and how to use various techniques and then covers topics such as dealing with thoughts, restlessness, and overcoming the deep obstacles to meditation. Written with our modern challenges in mind, including electronic distractions, stress, and the constant sense of overwhelm, everyday meditation helps you make your mind your ally, undo the restlessness and anxiety, build spiritual relationships, heal your body, overcome depression and anxiety, and find balance, meaning, and life purpose. You can find out more about Tobin Blake at TobinBlake.com, and you can also discover his workshops and events that are coming up as well, in addition to his other book, The Power of Stillness. 
Welcome back, Tobin. I want to talk to you a little bit about core self. You bring that up a lot in the book, and 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 we have to, um, when we lose touch with that core self, that becomes a problem, and it becomes a problem also in our meditation. So can you talk about that? Certainly. Um, actually, that's the only problem that we have. Um, that's the only problem that we have individually. That's the only problem that we have as a society. Uh, is that we've lost t- touch with our own core self. And core self, in brief, um, you know, you could think of core self as your spirit, as your soul. It's that ultimate, uh, most most uh, intimate part of yourself that was there before your body was born into this world. It'll be there after your body um, is no longer a part of this world. And, um, you know, it, it's, uh, it's the part you were, you're, you were born with. Uh, it, it's the... Uh, uh, eternal part of yourself. Um, it's not subject to disease. It's not subject to um, being attacked. It's not subject to um, harm of any kind, as a matter of fact. It's perfectly safe. In fact, it's, it's completely immune to all changes whatsoever. It is, has, it is as it was when it was first born, and it will always be that way. So as we reconnect with that part of ourself, we open up a doorway, and that doorway is the doorway into the natural creative energy of the entire cosmos, of the entire universe, the physical universe and beyond the physical universe. So I like to, to, uh, to have people imagine an infant. Uh, many people have, have probably noticed that when you look into an infant's eyes or a very young child's eyes, their eyes tend to be very clear, beautiful, sparkling, um, reflective of light. When we were first born into this world, our egos are not very well established. Um, so we're, we're really in connection with our own core self, that original spark of life that was created by source. Uh, and we're not, we're, not, uh, we're not in the past. We're not in the future. We haven't developed likes and dislikes. We haven't developed any sense of hatred or separation from the world around us, the people around us or even our own deepest self. So that's the light we see in an infant's eyes shining out and into the world. That's what attracts people to uh, that, that beauty that we see, that innocence that we see in an infant. So when we're uh, progressing spiritually, we're becoming less ego-dominated. We're becoming less interested in separation from other people, less interested in attacking other people, less less um, interested in being attacked, you know, playing the victim role. Um, we were less interested in uh, distinguishing ourselves from others and likes and dislikes. These things become much less important. And so what happens is we become much more childlike. We stop projecting so much into the future and thinking about the future so much, and we stop dwelling so much on the past, and we just become more present. And as we do so, we connect with that ancient or we should say we could say timeless part of ourself that is still connected with source and as we do that we open a channel for that energy the natural creative energy the same energy that created the entire universe to begin flowing through us and back into our own lives and this energy corrects and it heals us it brings peace to our mind uh, gentleness to our thoughts and even corrects physical maladies potentially. And that's why we see a reduction, in my opinion anyway, in heart disease when people meditate regularly. This energy is coming into their life, and it's fixing what's wrong. That's why we see reduced rates of cancer and uh, everything else that we get from the meditative practice. 
core self ultimately and reconnecting with core self, that is evolution. That is the, the ultimate journey of evolution and the ultimate destination of evolution is to become fully immersed in that and to become your core self again. And as we become that core self again, and we really develop this practice of meditation consistently, then we start to really engage in a more focused and deeper way towards inner peace, the law of reciprocity. And you talk about that uh, in the book as well. And, And law of reciprocity is all about cause and effect. But how does that allow us to get and facilitate more inner peace? Well, I'll tell you, once you understand the law of reciprocity, and just briefly, let's put it this way. If you were standing in front of a wall, and you had a ball in your hand, and you threw the ball against the wall, the ball would bounce right back to you. Um, We know this. We know this law very well in simple physical terms. In fact, most people probably learn that principle, which is a principle of motion uh, in physics, um, as kids. You know, we stood at some point in front of a wall, and we threw a ball, and, and, and it came back to us. Or we threw a ball at our friend and, and nailed him, and they threw the ball back at us, and we still got nailed for it. <laughs> you know, so the, the, the idea is so simple. What we do in this world um, is, is we're, we're put energy out into this world, but the world is kind of like a hologram that when we put energy out into it, that energy is returned to us. It comes right back to us because ultimately life is one. There is really only one of us. That's, that's one of those little um, curious uh, philosophical uh, things that, that people could uh, talk about for hours and hours probably and what it, what it means and what are the impacts. But in a simple way to understand this is just that the energy comes back to you. But this is not only at the physical level. It's not only that when we throw a, a ball against the wall that it comes back to us. It's also what we think what we think about other people, what we think about ourselves, what we think about the world, the circumstances of our lives. When we're projecting thoughts out, and we don't even have to be acting on those thoughts. We don't have to be speaking. We don't have to be uh, physically active or, or engaging in the physical world at all. We just think, sitting quietly, thinking about something. You're creating a reaction that's going to be returned directly into your life. So we can use the law of reciprocity to change the things that we don't like in our lives. If you're uh, consistently uh, feel sad, uh, if you if you consistently feel anxious, you can correct these things by beginning to project thoughts that are counter to that, that are opposite to the to those thoughts. So instead of um, uh, thinking thoughts uh, and dwelling on depression and dwelling on anger and animosity towards other human beings, we begin projecting compassion and forgiveness and well-being towards others. And as we give that away to other people, just even in our thoughts, just in our thoughts, wishing another human being well, um, recognizing another person's gifts, you know, uh, we begin to awaken to those exact same qualities and characteristics within ourselves. This brings peace of mind like nothing else once you begin learning you can control your life, your destiny, and your feelings through this simple action, this simple cosmic law. Um, And that ultimately, a lot of people say, well, what the heck does that have to do with meditation? Well, it's simply this. To go deeply into meditation, you do need to achieve some control over your thoughts, your mind, your feelings. Um, otherwise, they'll just be barriers to deep meditative states. So we're talking about retraining the mind and our thoughts, our thinking process. 
Tobin, I'd like to ask you a question in terms of escapism. Uh, can a person use meditation really to escape rather than connect? And how do we discover the distinction so that we understand when we're using meditation in that more negative sense rather than the positive and supportive sense that meditation is supposed to be? Well, um you know, escapism, it, it's hard to escape uh, yourself. You see, that's the thing. That's why escape using meditation as escapism doesn't really work. Your problems in the world aren't going to go away just because you're meditating. You know, they'll still be there when you're done meditating. So you can't ultimately escape from them through meditation. The real problem is our thinking process. The real problem are the feelings in our mind that are disjunctive and unpleasant. That's the real problem. And unfortunately, you know, those are still going to be a part of your mind when you're trying to meditate, and they're going to interfere with meditation. So it's not escapism. What we need to do is work on transformation, not escapism, but transformation, transforming ourselves from the inside out. During meditation, we're not so much focused on what's going on around us. We're not interested in the outside world. We become very interested in the inside world, what's going on within us. How can we correct our own thinking process to be more enlightened and more at peace? Um, so, yeah, if you have problems in the world, uh, you know, whatever you're dealing with, those problems aren't going to go away. They're going to follow you directly into your meditation. So there is no escape in that sense. Um, just transformation, that's all. Not escapism, but transformation. The 100 daily meditations that make up the backbone of the book are designed to help meditators develop a rich and vibrant practice or to increase the depth of a current one. The meditations include specific instructions and are intended to be used one per day, once in the morning and once at night, for as long as feels comfortable. The meditations during the first 30 days walk you through a series of exercises for practicing regularly and discovering which techniques are most effective for you. The remaining meditations in the 100-day journey become increasingly concerned with the development of inner peace and reprogramming the waterfall of thought. The book is entitled Everyday Meditation, 100 Daily Meditations for Health, Stress Release, and Everyday Joy. The author, who is also the author of The Power of Stillness, is Tobin Blake, and you can connect with him at TobinBlake.com. We'll be right back. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Every life on Earth has the capability of knowing the world in a much more powerful way than what we've settled for. And Gaim TV is there to support your journey in knowledge, awareness, and awakening. Our vision is to raise global consciousness by bringing viewers original interviews, inspiring films, and engaging series on today's most sought-after topics. We invite you to try Gaim TV free for 10 days. Visit www.gaimtv.com to claim your free trial. You won't look at your life and your world the same way again. That's G-A-I-A-M TV dot com. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444... 
People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today, www.1111mag.com. 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. The 7th Wave Channel on The Voice America Network. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you'd like to join today's discussion, please call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5795. Again, 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to info at believesc.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simran Singh. My guest today is Tobin Blake, and we are discussing meditation, how you can develop an everyday practice that can be supportive for you, not just on a spiritual level, but also on a physical level. Meditation has, has been learned to really... Uh, allow an individual to decrease stress, to decrease the the heart level in terms of its resistance and illness, to allow you to really calm the mind and make more peaceful, clear decisions in your life. You can allow yourself to really connect to yourself in a deeper way, and in, in doing so, you will find more balance, create more meaning, and more life purpose in your life. You can connect with Tobin Blake at TobinBlake.com. The book, again, is entitled Everyday Meditation, 100 Daily Meditations for Health, Stress Release, and Everyday Joy. And while you're at it, you might want to pick up his other book, The Power of Stillness. Tobin, I know that you come from two unique and beautiful paths. You are a student and also teacher of The Course in Miracles, and you have also been a student of Self-Realization Fellowship and Kriya Yoga. Tell me uh, how the approach to meditation has been supported by each of those paths, and has there been a different approach from each side that has really influenced the way that you teach and how you practice meditation? Well, they're, they're both uh, great and significant paths. And, uh, you know, I began with Self-Realization Fellowship and I gradually transitioned. Ultimately, I found that A Course in Miracles was my own uh, primary spiritual path. But, you know, I celebrate both still. And, uh, of course, both were a huge influence in my life. Uh, Self-Realization Fellowship was founded by the great uh, meditation teacher Paramahansa Yogananda, and, you know, we taught meditation in the 1940s, give or take a decade or so. And Yogananda came over from India. He was one of the early pioneers of bringing meditation to the United States and to Western thought in general. Before that, it was really, really just uh, considered a Eastern practice, uh, very mysterious. Nobody seemed to know much about it, quite a bit different than, than the landscape we see today. But Yogananda was certainly a pioneer there, and, and um, he, he established self-realization Fellowship, and uh, they're they're still around today. You know, he's not here on Earth currently, 
um, as far as I know. But uh, Yogananda established, you know, his 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 spirit still lives just through SRF. They call it, they're called, um, and they're actually in over fifty countries now. People can find them online. Um, I, I forget what this specific website is, but you certainly can find it uh, just by googling Yogananda's name. And um, I think that that they're they're in fifty countries, and they have over five hundred centers, and they also teach meditation now through the mail. And so people can, or or it might be online or or something of that nature. So you can get good training there, uh, but it's extensive training. You know, you expect to spend a few years on it. Um, and of course, in miracles, uh, th- this is just a phenomenal uh, spiritual. I, I call it a, a system of, of uh, spiritual mind training, and uh, it's a one-year study pro self-study program. So you can just buy a copy of it and study at your leisure at home. Um, and I say one year. Now, the, the workbook section of A Course in Miracles takes a year, um, but you know most people end up spending quite a bit more time studying that path. Um, and the reason being is it's really a path not of intellectual study, although it often feels that way to people. It's actually a path of awakening. So what you're learning to do is relinquish ego and actually merge back into spirit. And that's that's the challenge. You know, that's the real learning process there. But they're both phenomenal programs, just different, very, very different. Um, and I highly recommend them. Either way, you know, Yogananda's program actually teaches meditation directly. And the one-year A Course in Miracles um, uh, workbook which goes along with a with a uh, text as well and a, a third book uh, manual for teachers um, that that also teaches meditation during the process of that year as well very gently and wonderfully I think that um, I responded anyway better to that it's a little bit less traditional and a little bit more progressive in terms of your own meditation practice what do you feel has been the greatest gift to you through meditation the greatest gift is the uh, realization, the self-realization, realization of your own soul. Um, by far, that is absolutely the greatest gift. I mean, there are health benefits. That's wonderful. The health benefits are great. Um, but, you know, in the long run, the body is temporary. It's a learning device, in my view. We learn, we use it to learn, to communicate with others, to interact with the physical world, time and space. But, you know, it's, it's a small part of us when we compare um, what the soul is to us. But people don't realize that without the actual experience of it. You can talk about your core self all you like. You can spend many days, many months, years talking about it, trying to understand it with your ego and through your your, your intellect, um, but you never will understand core self. It will never be any more than just a, an idea to you unless you begin to have experiences of that. And that is the ultimate gift of meditation. That that's uh, where you where you really begin to awaken to your own beauty, your own natural beauty, and your own inner power. And as a teacher and an author of meditation, what do you feel has been the greatest lesson that you've had to learn? Letting go. Just letting go is the greatest lesson. <laughs> We're oh, human beings want to control everything. We we want to be in charge of everything, uh, and we want to force our path. You know, we want to make our own path. But we find during meditation, ultimately, um, it requires a discipline of just uh, relinquishing 
control, of relinquishing your desire to direct and make things occur and make specifics happen and just being just entering the present moment and just being with it and communing with the present moment directly without interposing um, any kind of thoughts that would intrude upon it. And I think that right now, especially um, for so many people, they're at a place where they're having to let go of things, whether it be physical or whether it be emotional or mental or even energetically, that they're really being asked to stretch and to shed things that no longer serve them as we move into a more multisensory experience as human beings. Is meditation going to evolve further, do you feel, than it is? Or is this a practice that is really grounded in itself as it is and it's just here to support all of that change? Well, I think um, some of the teachings that surround and support meditative practice have evolved. Uh, for instance, just letting go is, is something that's become more clear uh, in the recent age as opposed to trying to focus on um, a specific exercise to the exclusion of everything else um, for hours and hours at a time. The thought that you have to be fully 100% committed to the practice of meditation. Um, you know, you have to become a Buddhist monk. You have to surrender your worldly goods. You have to stop having sex. You have to stop drinking. You know, so the um, the the thoughts and the ideas that surround uh, the thinking processes and the uh, um, the overall practice of the meditative journey are changing and developing. We're realizing now that meditation is for everybody. It's not just for Buddhist monks. It's not just for people who have surrendered all their worldly possessions and goods. Um, you don't have to do that to get quite a lot out of meditation. You don't have to sit for hours and hours. You don't have to stop being a human being. You don't have to get divorced uh, and, and, you know, stop being married and so on and so forth. So meditation can be integrated into our lives just where we're at right now. You begin wherever you're at and you just begin integrating it just a little at a time until it begins to really take hold of you and begins to feel good. And then that's when you want to start expanding your meditative practice to longer periods of time. You want to start integrating some of the meditative thoughts into your regular everyday life. So those things are changing. However, the experience of meditation, of a deep meditative practice where you're reconnecting with your core self, that's never changed and it never will. It's uh, it's an ancient thing, you know. It's it's uh, a part of us that has always been there. You're just reconnecting with your soul, which exists in a state of um, of, of divinity beyond time. It's not it's not a, a a thing of time. Time changes things. The things that are in eternity don't change. They're always the same. And I just want to say here, just so, so we're clear what I mean by eternity, eternity doesn't mean endless time, like time going on and on and on forever. Uh, eternity is actually a lack of time. It's the exit from time. It's no time. Oh, that's perfect. So then I want to thank you so much for being on 1111 Talk Radio and helping to break down what meditation is for people so that they can feel more inclined to step into it if it is not part of their practice and so that they can step more deeply into it if it already is their practice. I think your book is a wonderful gift to humanity at this time. So again, thank you for being on the show. My pleasure. My guest is Tobin Blake, and he is the author of Everyday Meditations, 100 Daily Meditations for Health, Stress Release, 
and Everyday Joy. He's also the author of The Power of Stillness. You can find more about him at TobinBlake.com. That's T-O-B-I-N-B-L-A-K-E.com. So definitely check him out, get his books, and get started in your daily practice uprooting the blocks and reprogramming the waterfall so that you have a consistent consistency of everyday meditation in your own life. My guest next week is Betska Burr, and we are going to be talking about God coaching. It will be an exciting hour, and I'm really looking forward to having that conversation. In addition, definitely access 1111 Magazine. That is my gift to humanity that is freely given to you. It is jam-packed with amazing information, beautiful articles, wonderful submissions from people all around the world, and gorgeous imagery. So allow that to be a support to you. The current issue is up and it is powerful and also all of the archived issues of the past few years are available to you so you can have every resource, tool, and theme that you need to get to your very next best step. Until next week, I'm Simran Singh. Be well. Thank you for stepping into the doorway of Conscious Choice with 1111 Top Radio. Please join host Simran Singh again next Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time for another enlightening edition here on the 7th Wave Network. Remember, shift happens.